Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Get Your Goat. Josh here again to tell you about last night's Thursday night football game and what, to me, has been the most least eventful, boring primetime game so far of the NFL season. I will break down that. Then there are some big Week 3 matchups this Sunday. A lot of great games. I'm going to break down some of my matchups, keys, bold predictions going into Week 3. Then there's quite a few good college football games as well. I'm going to pick quite a few of those and see if my winning record can still improve and not be deflated after this week. Of course, the prime key matchup between Notre Dame and Wisconsin. The NBA rank came out today uh, with their top five players, and they've done their top 50 this week. And do I disagree uh, with those rankings? And then I'll give you my top five teams in baseball right now as we hit the final two weeks. So let's get started with the Panthers-Texans recap from last night. Big storyline from this is the injuries that were dealt to the Carolina Panthers, and this just seems like a recurring theme every year regarding Thursday night football games and the injuries because of the short time off between the sun previous Sunday and then the Thursday. So Christian McCaffrey injured his hamstring uh, second quarter, or in the first quarter, second quarter, I forget, but he went down, didn't return that game. J.C. Horn, uh, their first-round pick out of South Carolina, injured as well, so two key injuries there that we'll have to monitor because this offense looked very different without Christian McCaffrey. And the question then becomes, is his health? He, to me, he is starting to look like an injury-prone player. Uh, we didn't see that much in college. He was breaking records in college. He broke Barry Sanders' record for all-purpose yards was great, was a stud, dealt with, you know, uh, his final season at Stanford, a little ankle injury. Uh, then he comes into Carolina and just seems like more injuries are piling up last year. Very limited after a great year. And then now starting off this year in game three already, a key injury that will probably keep him sidelined for a while. So how great he is, doesn't matter how great he is if he is never on the field. It hurt this team. It, I could tell it hurt Sam Darnold, uh, you know, indirectly because he seemed to be rattled. And even though the Panthers won this game, score of 24 to 9, didn't feel close to me. Sam Darnold is not a great quarterback. A sloppy play uh, last night, overthrown balls uh, to DJ Moore. He doesn't look calm in the pocket, uh, he doesn't get his feet set. Uh, as well. He just, to me, doesn't look like a leader as well and is not poised back there. And we saw that, you know, a couple of fumbles, uh, carelessness back there. He just, to me, is not the guy. And if Christian McCaffrey isn't on this team, I see him losing a lot of games because they're 3-0 and and they played the Jets, who aren't good, the Texans, who I've said will probably be the worst team uh, they beat the Saints, I'll give them that, but that's a big drop-off. They play the Cowboys next week, that could be a loss. Eagles look better, that could be a loss. Vikings, to me, uh, are a 2-0 and team that are somehow 0-2. That could be a loss. Giants, a loss. 
Patriots a loss, Cardinals a loss, football team a loss. They finish with the Bills a loss and the Buccaneers two losses. So I think best case scenario, they go ten and seven or eleven and six. Worst case scenario, they go eight and nine. I'm picking them to go nine and eight. That's what I think they'll do. Don't think this is a very good football team. Can't trust Christian McCaffrey. Sam Darnold is not the man back there. They need a real quarterback, and I think this team could really take off. I like their defense. This defense is stout so far, given the level of competition played. Uh, but their schedule's about to rev up, face tougher teams. Uh, it's downhill from there. But Sam Darnold, 304 yards passing last night. Uh, two rushing touchdowns is a difference maker. DJ Moore, great game. Eight receptions, 126 yards. He's a true number one wide receiver. He's fantastic and exciting uh, to watch. They really didn't have a deep threat going with Robbie Anderson last night, but that didn't affect them uh, too much. And Houston couldn't get the rushing game going. And I said earlier that'd be a problem. They don't have a key running back to ease off Davis Mills. Uh, so when you rush for 42 yards, that does not help out your quarterback at all. Uh, they had 193 uh, to- uh, total yards, 151 passing yards. Uh, that is it. Uh, very low. Uh, Davis Mills took four sacks, uh, threw a touchdown in a great two-minute drive to end the first half. It, to me, looked like it could be close there at the end, but... They just could not pull within reach after uh, halftime ended when it was seven to six going into half. It was fourteen to six, seventeen to six, and from there the game was really over for the Texans. Uh, this is going to be a long season for the Texans. I don't expect them to do great things, especially with uh, Tyrod Taylor being injured. You know, last night might have been a different game if you see Tyrod Taylor in there and Christian McCaffrey. Is out, but that was not the case. Uh, Carolina got the win, much needed to go to three and zero before their schedule gets tougher or they face teams that are at least at the same kind of level as them. But that's what I see. That's what I think about the Panthers moving forward and the Texans. Now this weekend's matchups. What do we got here? We got Washington at Buffalo. What am I looking to see? I'm looking to see if the real Josh Allen can please stand up. Haven't had a great performance yet from him so far. I want to see him have a great performance. We saw Daniel Jones play very well against the Washington defense last week in a Thursday night game where I thought this defense would be better, and they simply weren't especially the back end of that Washington defense, uh, was getting burned multiple times. It didn't look polished back there. A lot of holes that were exposed in zone coverage. I want to see Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills take advantage of it. This was a very potent offense last year. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, they added Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, running back stayed the same in Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Looking like they want to run a little bit more. But I don't think you want to do that against the football defense where they have a stout front seven. But 
Corsair going to game plan. They know Josh Allen is the key here. I think they want to zero in on pressure to make him feel uncomfortable and force turnovers. That's the key for Washington to pull off the upset. Don't think it happens. I think Buffalo at home, their previous home game where they started off against the Steelers, very poor, showing in front of Bills Mafia. I think they want redemption there uh, as well. I think the fans want that too. And I think they're going to have a much better performance uh, this week. I think the Buffalo Bills win big here. Because I also don't think Taylor Heineke is the guy for an extended period of time. For one or two games, I think he's great. I think he's a great fill-in. But I don't think he's a consistent 17-game starter uh, in the NFL. Chicago at Cleveland. Big storylines here. One, Justin Fields was named the starter uh, the other day. So his first game starting is against the Cleveland Browns in the dog pound. And here he goes. Baptism by fire, you might say. And this is going to be a great early test for Justin Fields. Cleveland has a decent defense. I thought they would be better. Uh, but, of course, these things have to come along. But I think this is great for Justin Fields. It's an away game. Uh, you're really not going to face much a tougher test this year than perhaps, you know, at Lambeau uh, for a divisional game. But I want to see Justin Fields uh, make accurate passes, make plays with his legs. We saw Patrick Mahomes uh, dice up his defense in the second half a couple weeks ago. Not saying Justin Fields is Patrick Mahomes, but he has that capability to make plays great arm. I think he can do some damage, and I think Chicago can put up some points on them if they do not turn the ball over. Great running back in David Montgomery, too. Uh, Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson. I think the Chicago team will be just fine and surprise some people. Don't think they'll get obliterated. The other big storyline is the report that signs are pointing that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to play this Sunday. As I've just said on my previous podcast that, guess what? I don't think this team offensively can survive a long stretch of time without both Jarvis Landry and OBJ. They need one or the other. And I think they realize that too. Uh, They need one wide receiver in there that Baker Mayfield can throw the ball to uh, time and time again. And he just has a trust with and... With both those guys down, it was going to be very tough. But with Odell Beckham Jr. uh, was in the conversation at one time for greatest wide receiver in the game right now. He has fallen off uh, from that conversation because he's been unhealthy. And he's just had a lot of on-field issues that really shouldn't be the case that have taken away from his stardom. I think if he's healthy, he can get back into that top 10 wide receiver in conversation that we have. Baker Mayfield will get him a the ball. They're going to rely on Nick Chubb, though, open up the game with play action against this Bears defense. And I think the Browns will eventually, in this game, pull away, 
get the win. I think it would be great to see Odell Beckham Jr. back on the field after a long absence. And then it's going to be great uh, to see Justin Fields in his first start with the Chicago Bears and see how he handles this pressure and see if he does happen to start badly and the game's out of reach, do they kind of put in a Nick Foles and really uh, have a crazy quarterback situation moving forward? Baltimore and Detroit, oh man, not really a lot to say here. I expect uh, Baltimore to blow the Detroit Lions out of the water. Yes, I said, you know, this team is like Harvey Dent. You know, they're two-faced. First game, great. Uh, second half, bad first half. Second game, great first half, bad second half. Uh, that is them, flip of a coin. What do you expect? Uh, maybe one half will be good. I don't expect a lot of good this week. I expect of the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, to run all over Detroit and this porous defense. Uh, already news have gone out. And they're speaking actively about Jamie Collins leaving the team and trying to trade him. Uh, I think this will be a long day uh, for Detroit. I think they'll be embarrassed uh, by Lamar Jackson. And, you know, at least I can, to my defense, say it was against the Lions. But Jared Goff has looked poised so far for the Detroit Lions, other than a few key turnovers. Need him to limit the turnovers. Has a great rapport with Quintez Cephas and TJ Hawkinson. Uh, With this secondary, uh, that's been torched by the Chiefs, by the Raiders. I want to see Jared Goff do the same thing with the weapons that he has available. No, not a lot, but I think he can still put up big numbers, have a 250, 300-yard passing game. I think TJ Hawkinson will be targeted a lot. Cephas will be targeted a lot. One of those will be a mismatch because of Marlon Humphrey covering one or the other. Probably Cephas, leave Hawkinson alone. Uh, He'll be able uh, to tear it up. You look at Waller who demoralized Baltimore a few weeks ago. Travis Kelsey last week. Now Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson's in for a big game. Just a side uh, thought for fantasy. If you're starting TG Hawkinson, I'd have a lot of confidence that he'll have a great game this week. Tennessee and Indianapolis thought these teams would look better, especially Indianapolis. Uh, they've looked all right, but with Carson Wentz gone, changes uh, complex of this team. Uh, Tennessee embarrassed the first week, then a great second-half comeback against the uh, Seahawks last week where Derrick Henry is now leading the league in rushing yards because of last week's performance and three touchdowns last week. I think it will be the same. Indianapolis's defense the uh, depth is being tested. They've had key injuries. Uh, you saw Matthew Stafford tear them up last week. You saw Russell Wilson the week before. Do I think that Ryan Tannehill will tear them up? No, I don't think so. This is going to be a Derrick Henry game. Loves these AFC South games against divisional opponents. I expect him to have a great game. And I also expect Jonathan Taylor for the Colts to have a great game as well. This defense for Tennessee is not superb at all. I think they can get the running game going, and I think this game is going to be a tale of battle of the two star running backs, Derrick Henry versus Jonathan Taylor. Uh, 
Their backs will be very sore after carrying these teams after this week. I expect a showdown between those two guys. I don't have a lot of faith with Jacob Eason at the starting quarterback position at all. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I expect this to be a shootout. I do. Uh, these are two high high firepower high firepower offenses and Kansas City I think will get the win and we're going to see two prolific quarterbacks on display. Patrick Mahomes there's really no stopping him other than I'll say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl but there is no stopping him other than that occurrence He's going to get it done against his Chargers defense. He's going to be great. But I also think Justin Herbert on the other side is going to be great. Don't have a lot of faith in this Kansas City defense after two weeks. It looks like they've severely regressed. And I don't know what Coach uh, Steve Spagnola is doing right now. But he needs to get his troops in order. I think Justin Herbert will be a big game. And I think it's going to be big play after big play. However... I don't see Patrick Mahomes losing two games in a row. I don't, especially this one at home at Arrowhead. Uh, I think they'll be ready. I don't think they'll run the ball a lot. Yes, they can try to say whatever they want about Clyde Edwards-Alero. He's just running back. He's great. We love him. We support him. But 27 carries, 89 yards. Ain't going to cut it. They're going to be airing it out this game. I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick Mahomes throws it 50, uh, 50 times. This uh, Sunday. That's how much. But you have the Chargers who are much more balanced. Yes, they'll throw it a lot more uh, than running it. But they've got a very capable running back in Austin Eckler that can do it uh, just straight up handoffs and also in the receiving game as well. So that's a difference maker for the Los Angeles Chargers. think this will be a great game. But in the end, Kansas City has one too many more weapons. Then the Chargers, yes, Keenan Allen's look great, Austin Eckler. But when you've got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey against this defense that hasn't clicked yet, Joey Bosa will need to get it going as well to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have to get creative on defense. I like this game. I like it to be high scoring. think it will be close. The Chargers play the Chiefs tough. Uh, last year, you know, this was Justin Herbert's inaugural game was against the Chiefs, and they almost pulled off the upset, and then they beat them last game of the season. Of course, no Patrick Mahomes, but I think this game will be very entertaining. Then you have New England and New Orleans. Uh, definitely look like new teams compared to where they were years ago, you know, with Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Now it's Mac Jones and Jameis Winston. And after watching Jameis and the Saints offense last week, Patriots, very solid defense. I think that defense will show up, uh, confuse Jameis Winston. They'll get the win. Mac Jones will be great. And like I said, this is no Breeze-Brady matchup as, as accustomed between these two teams. And this will be the first time since 05 where those two have played each other and those quarterbacks haven't started. But even though I think New England's going to win, Alvin Kamara needs to have himself a day. Lackluster so far this season, 28 carries, 88 yards, 
Corsi's a threat in the receiving game, but he hasn't really been a threat in both. Jameis Winston is going to have to wake up, uh, throw the ball more. Sean Payton's going to have to get more uh, creative on offense and just trust his guys as well uh, to make plays and to do this thing and get the win. And I don't know if they're there yet. Uh, Bill Belichick's a better coach than Sean Payton. And that's going to be the key difference here is this coaching matchup in Foxborough. New England gets it done. Atlanta and the New York Giants, two lowly teams. 0-2. Daniel Jones, you need to stop turning the football over. And you need to finally take your leap. I said, this is it. And we're in week three now. You need to get it going. You're 0-2. Need to get it fixed. You have weapons. You have talent on your side. You need to do it. They need to get Saquon in uh, the ball. They need to evaluate if he's a running back moving forward or if he's not because Daniel Jones can't have uh, the most rushing yards on your team. Then Matt Ryan, I think he's missing Julio Jones. He's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns so far this year, but him and Calvin Ridley have got it going, but not so much so far with Kyle Pitts. This was their number fourth draft pick. He traded Julio Jones, and they said, we'll be fine because we got a similar talent in Kyle Pitts. So far, that has not shown up. I need Kyle Pitts to show up and give me something uh, to say that he was worthy of this number four overall pick. So, a lot of question marks. Two 0-2 teams. Uh, at least one of them will no longer have three losses. But... I want to see Daniel Jones play better. I mean, it's frustrating considering the talent he has around him, the Sterling Shepherds, the Darius Slayton, the Kenny Galladay's, the Evan Ingram, the Saquon Barkley, and he still does not look like an NFL-ready quarterback. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Key here is how healthy will Ben Roethlisberger be this week in dealing with a peck injury, says he's going to play. How limited will he be? Will that be cause of concern? Will they rely more on Najee? Where Najee in the rushing game really hasn't got it going so far. 26 carries, 83 yards. Uh, teams have been zeroing in, zeroing, zeroing in on him. And they need to fix that. However, Joe Burrow can't be throwing three interceptions. On three straight passes. That's inexplicable. Can't happen. And that's something he'll have to work on. However, I like the connection with Jamar Chase. I like this team a lot. I think it will be close. We've seen the game last year. You know, no Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Still got the win, of course. That was in Cincinnati. They were motivated by what Juju Smith-Schuster was doing with his TikToks. Don't think that'll happen this year. But I think it will be close. This is a divisional game. The Bengals already, to me, look better than they were starting off last year. And will Big Ben be healthy? How mobile will he be in this game, risking more injuries or not? Arizona Cardinals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here you go. This is it. Cliff Kingsbury... And Arizona and Kyler Murray looking to start off 3-0. and 
old college. This is you know a college coach who didn't have much success in college. Has been all right in the NFL, and he's going uh, here. This is his year, and I don't think Jacksonville's going to stop them. Then you have Urban Meyer, dominated college, uh, you know, with Trevor Lawrence. You just see it; these timelines that have overlapped the Cliff and the Kylers and the Trevor Lawrence and the Urban Meyers. Uh, I don't know how much college-like action will be between this game, but what I do expect is for Kyler to outplay Trevor Lawrence uh, and for his team just to outperform Jacksonville, who have struggled so far in two losses. Trevor Lawrence especially throwing more interceptions. They had touchdowns already at five interceptions. Haven't got a run game established uh, with Carlos Hyde or with James Robinson, James Robinson, who was so good last year. And his look just average this year. They need to find a running game to help out Trevor Lawrence. I knew Travis Etienne was going to be a big blow to this team. But I didn't expect it to be uh, this sizable for them. And Kyler Murray's just got weapons at his disposal. Seems like he has a great connection now with Rondale Moore, rookie out of Purdue, who is electric, especially last week against the Vikings. He's big play. Uh, time DeAndre Hopkins uh, threw it to AJ Green the tight end Max Williams got in on a few so yes this team looks very balanced not a lot of teams have the cornerbacks to cover wide receivers with talent such as this and Jacksonville sure as heck doesn't so I think Arizona's in for a big win uh, this week don't think it'll be close like it was last week the Denver Broncos and New York Jets Simply put, Denver's defense will be great. Zach Wilson, not his time yet. I think it will be his time in a few years. But this is going to be all about the Denver's defense causing Zach Wilson uh, to be confused. Vic Bangio's defense, I think, will be great. And they'll be after Zach Wilson, he'll probably turn the ball over again. Another quarterback that has more interceptions and touchdowns. Teddy Bridgewater in his game manager role. Melvin Gordon as well. I think this team at Mile High Stadium will cruise to a win. Miami Dolphins and the Las Vegas Raiders. Memorable game last year around Christmas time. Great comeback by Fitzmagic and the Dolphins to beat the Raiders. Not so fast. Lee Corso would say, this time. The Las Vegas Raiders aren't a win this game, make no doubt about that. This is one guarantee I am making right here, right now. But one official one, the Las Vegas Raiders are going to win this game. I know Tua, Tagovailoa, that definitely hurts them. Jacoby Brissett isn't going to do it. It's at home. It's in Allegiant Stadium. Derek Carr has played great so far. 817 passing yards. Uh, phenomenal. Darren Waller has been great. Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs. This offense is amazing. This defense is improved. I'm not going to say much improved, but it's improved. Max Crosby especially. And Las Vegas will get this one. There's no doubt about it. I think Xavier Howard uh, will be great shadowing, but I don't think he'll stay on Henry Ruggs because then he'll get burned in one-on-one matchups. These two teams just Right now, don't match up well. 
they matched up well last year, but this is a different year. I think they'll be after uh, Jacoby Brissett. I think the Las Vegas Raiders will be able to handle this team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams, to me, the best game of the week, of the favorite game uh, so far, where I didn't expect it to be super close, but now I am expecting it to be very, very close. Tampa Bay one-point favorites, and now I think they'll be out with no Antonio Brown, no Jaden Mickens as well as wide receiver, no Jason Pierre-Paul, two big losses for this team to go into Tampa Bay. I mean, to go into Los Angeles. I definitely do not think they're overlooking Los Angeles. I know they have the Patriots Sunday night game next week, but the way Tom Brady's mentality, I think this team's mentality is one game at a time. I think they know how big of a showdown this is against the Rams. Like, NFC supremacy right now, to me, is what is on the line. I think uh, Sean McVay... We'll have some creative plays on offense. I think Matthew Stafford will have a tremendous day. He'll probably have a field day against this uh, pass defense, who is very terrible. Don't expect them to run the ball a lot. I think it's going to be big plays. But also, Tom Brady, the genius that he is, the GOAT that can see coverages, see plays happen before they happen, will be the difference maker. He'll be able to see uh, coverages and what's going to be going on. He'll be able to adjust. Audible and is more clutch. Will make an extra throw. I think this game will be close. Last year, uh, the Bucks lost this game in Tampa Bay, 27-24 to to Jared Goff. I think Tom Brady remembers this and what happened, even though it's a new quarterback. I think Tom Brady will perform great. I think this team will be great. I think it will be very close. Wouldn't be surprised if it is a 27-24-31-28 type game where Tampa Bay just barely ekes out a field goal uh, to win this game. But I want to see this pass defense. I know it's limited uh, with no Sean Murphy bunting and probably no Carlton Davis either. But I want to see just some signs of improvement or some defensive play calling from uh, Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator for Tampa, uh, to make it better and not have him get burned repeated like like we've been seeing the past couple of weeks with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. I don't want to see a 70-yarder uh, to Cooper Cup in this game at all. I want to see them limit the big plays. And I want to see the matchup, too, between Jalen Ramsey and Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady in the secondary, uh, you know, we've seen him in the past jaw with Richard Sherman, uh, Ja with Tyran Matthew, Jalen Ramsey, I think will be another one added to the list this weekend. Seattle and Minnesota. Again, I've said Minnesota started 0-2. They could have easily started uh, 2-0, two key plays in both games that have made them lose. Uh, For the Seattle Seahawks, this is a team who looked great the first week, looked great the first half last week, and then they kind of just died and... Uh, blew a 15-point lead, and they won. Now they're facing the Vikings, who are a desperate team. It seems like these two teams are sort of rivals in a way. They play each other every year. They're close games. Seattle has eked out wins in the past. Uh, But I'm calling upset here. I am saying 
that Minnesota is going to win this game with how close it's been last year with a similar type matchup that it's facing in Minnesota. Dalvin Cook, although not healthy, will be good. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen will burn these quarterbacks as they were burned last week by Ryan Tannehill. I have no faith in this defense at all uh, for Seattle. I want to see them not give up leads like this in a game like this. I think Seattle could blow another game and really be pushing the panic, the trouble button, whatever it may be. I hope it doesn't happen, but Seattle is on high upset alert after what happened last week. Uh, They need to get the defense in order. Don't think you want to leave it up to a field goal this time, and I don't think the Vikings will either with Greg Joseph. Uh, this game will be very close. Uh, Seattle could be in a lot of trouble if they lose this game with the schedule they then have after this, facing the 49ers, Rams, uh, Steelers, Saints. It will be tough for them moving forward. They need to win here. I'm rooting for them to win here, but I am very, very discouraged and disappointed after what I saw last week. And then another big NFC West team in a Sunday night game uh, to follow. You know, the Rams play the Bucks. That's tough. Seattle played the Vikings. That'll be tough. And San Francisco plays Green Bay Sunday night. That is tough as well. But I think Green Bay will pull it off. You know, Green Bay won this game last year. Uh, due, I think, primarily to the multiple injuries San Francisco has had. But you look at the year before where San Francisco wiped the floor with them in the regular season and championship game. And again, they did have Raheem Mostert fully healthy to help them. And I think this game will be very, very close. I think this defense will be great, will disrupt Aaron Rodgers. But offensively, can they do enough to beat this team? I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball more to George Kittle. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. You need to get him involved in making plays. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. When you have weapons on both sides, the Elijah Mitchell, the Debo Samuel, the George Kittle, the Brandon Ayuk, and on the other side, the Aaron Jones, the Devontae Adams. It's going to come down to your quarterback play. And I trust Aaron Rodgers more than I trust Jeremy Garoppolo. Think it'll be a close game, but in the end, Green Bay is going to pull away. And they're going to get the win. But I could see uh, San Francisco staying close and winning it. But if I had to choose, I'd go with the Packers. They, to me, look like a more complete team at the moment. Even though I'm not high on their defense, it's just can San Francisco uh, make any use of it at all. So that's what I'm looking forward to this week, week three. A lot of great matchups in the NFL. Now college football. I'll be making a few picks. The first, Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Jack Cohen, quarterback for Notre Dame, used to be the quarterback for Wisconsin. No longer the case. Uh, Been all right with Notre Dame, but this team has struggled in all three of their wins that they have uh, so far, whereas Graham Mertz, Hasn't been spectacular for Wisconsin, but this running game has. And I think Wisconsin is going to win this game. I'm picking Wisconsin. Uh, They had a tough loss early 
to Penn State in which they could have won. It rebounded against Eastern Michigan. They had a bye week already, so they're done. And I think it's great for them to have it before this big game against Notre Dame and to get the team in order. And I like Wisconsin to win this game. Rutgers and Michigan last year, you know, this game was very close. Three overtimes. This was kind of Cade McNamara's big game last year that I think a lot of eyes turned to him. And can they do it this year? Rutgers is also a 3-0, and have played easy teams. You know, the Delawares, the Syracuse, the Temple, they blowing them out. But I think Michigan is just a couple steps above another levels ahead. And they are going to cruise over Rutgers. They're 20-point favorites. I would love to see them cover that spread, and I think they will. I think this defense is great. It will disrupt uh, Greg Schiano's offense, and this running game, I think, will plow through Rutgers. I think that's going to be their goals to stop a run, and I don't think they will, and I don't think they're going to stop Caves from throwing the football either. Got Michigan winning big. Texas A&M and Arkansas. I know Texas A&M has had quarterback issues and issues winning, but I'm not sold on Arkansas. Yes, they beat Texas, but it goes from Texas being overrated to now Arkansas number 16 in the country. I don't buy it. I'm not buying into Arkansas. I think they're fraudulent. I don't think they're good. Uh, I'm picking Texas A&M to win this game. I believe they've won like the past 10 years of this, and... I'm still picking Texas A&M to win this game no matter what quarterback uh, plays. I think they'll be ready. Jimbo Fisher will have his troops in ready. And not sold on the play of K.J. Jefferson or this team yet. Uh, Yes, they can win non-conference games. And they'll win an occasional game, you know, upset the LSU or whatever. But are they beating the Alabamas, the Auburns, the Georgias? You'll miss. No, they're not. Let's pause on this Arkansas hype. 16 is too high. Uh, Texas A&M will beat them this weekend. Clemson, North Carolina State. Will this game be close? I think so, but in the end, Clemson's going to win. Clemson has had a terrible time so far this year. Doesn't look like the team of the past. Uh, DJ... Uh, Ugalele hasn't been good. This team hasn't been good. Uh, it's at North Carolina State, which to me makes it think it will be closer. But in the end, Dabo Sweeney uh, will command his team to a win, and they'll get a win. Iowa State and Baylor. Baylor's off to a 3-0 start. They don't look too bad, but they met their match this week. Iowa State will win this game. Yes, they've lost early to Iowa, but I think they're in a rebound, and I think it's great that they're playing Oklahoma near the last game, so we're not really looking ahead uh, to any other game right now. They're taking it one game at a time, and right now the focus is on Baylor. Uh, Campbell will have his uh, players ready to play and to win this game. UCLA and Stanford. This is a tough one uh, because Stanford, you know, after a terrible loss to Kansas State, but then a big win against USC and then Vanderbilt makes it tough. But then you have UCLA who beat LSU 
and then uh, they just lost to Fresno State. So who do I like here? I'm always a fan of Stanford, but is UCLA back to me? This was so tough to pick. I just don't know how I feel about Stanford. Uh, to me, the loss against Kansas State hurts more than a loss to LSU. I'm going to pick UCLA going against you know my gut here of Stanford, but I like UCLA to win this game, barely. Tennessee and Florida after Florida almost pulled off the upset against Alabama. Can Tennessee do the same thing uh, to Florida? And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I know they have faced a letdown uh, that could show early in this game just how defeated they are by the Alabama game last week and how close they were to winning that game and kind of changing the tide of the season. But I think they'll get over that and they'll beat Tennessee on the road this week. Then the night game at Michigan State. It's been a while since we've had a night game. But Nebraska is visiting Michigan State. I think Nebraska is playing a little better. Uh, you know, close loss to Illinois to start the year. And a close loss to Nebraska. I just, I just think Michigan State's a little better right now than Nebraska. I could see Nebraska having a big win this season. You know, they play Michigan. They play Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa, Wisconsin. Uh Maybe they'll win one of those games, but I don't think it's going to be this week against Michigan State. Uh, their rushing attack is too good. Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Kansas State has a big win so far over Stanford. Oklahoma State uh, just barely eked out a win against Boise State last week. And even the weeks before Tulsa and Missouri State. They haven't looked good. They haven't, so I'm picking Kansas State. Uh, to win this game, they're not favored. So that would be an upset, but I like Kansas State. And then finally, West Virginia and Oklahoma. Oklahoma 17-point favorites, but given how they looked so far this year and West Virginia looking like a decent team, I'm picking Oklahoma to win, but 17 points, I think that's a bit much considering where I've seen both these teams at uh, so far this year. I need to see more from Spencer Radler and see if he's this Heisman candidate that I thought he was or if he is, again, not the real deal. And can then West Virginia keep it closed and maybe escape with a win? It's going to be tough to do in Oklahoma. I don't think it'll get done. I think Lincoln Riley, too good of a head coach uh, to lose this game early on to West Virginia. Now moving on to the NBA ranking where they have been ranking the top 50 players and just to let you know I am not happy about this list not happy about any of it especially the top five that was revealed today and their top five were Steph Curry number five number four Luka Doncic number three LeBron James, number two, Giannis Antetokounmpo, number one, Kevin Durant. I just can't believe it. I I don't know if the people who made this list were blind, what they see, but this is just straight terrible, is what it is. In no universe, in no known universe, is Luka Doncic better than Steph Curry. In no universe... Is that the case? 
I was flabbergasted when I saw this. Curry playing like an MVP last season, leading the league in scoring, had a career a 44% three-point shooting shot last year, almost 50 from the field. He was amazing. Uh, he cooked so many teams on so many nights. He almost willed them single-handedly to the playoffs. That's how good he was. There was really no stopping stuff on any given night. He was just very dangerous last year. Now you put Luka Doncic above Steph Curry. Number one, they both don't play defense. So we're just looking at an offensive game. And Luka Doncic is elite. But is his three-point shooting ability as high as Steph Curry? No. Is his overall efficiency as high as Steph Curry? No. Is his free throw shooting? No, Lucas is around a 75 and Curry's sitting at around a 90. So, no. And I just don't see it. Yes, he's a playmaker. Triple doubles. But he's a bigger guy than Steph Curry. Steph Curry... Has great handles as well. Uh, I think underrated passing. But just as a shooter, if I had to choose one player on my team to run my team, at the point, hands down, that would be Steph Curry. Uh, Doncic, you know, gets a lot of his points off drives as well. Uh, is kind of Giannis-like to me, just not as explosive or as dominant. On any end, uh, I've seen him airball free throws. I've seen him airball three-pointers. And that's not something I see Steph do in big-time moments. I uh, think Luka Doncic is highly overrated. Can't believe he is number four on this list. Another thing I can't believe, LeBron James sitting at number three. Arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, to me, number two. Uh, averaged a career best uh, two and a half three pointers made last season, shot 37% last year. Uh, he'll probably pass Carl Malone this year on scoring. Could pass Kareem. I don't think so. I think that'll be the following year, but it's close. Uh, I had him back and forth with Giannis for the number one spot. Might succumb to Giannis. Because he is uh, just won the championship. Now to put the finals MVP, a two-time MVP defensive player of the year at number two, is mind-boggling to me. Really is. In his prime, outdueled Kevin Durant in that Nets-Bucks series. Then dominated the Suns finals. Uh, capping it off you know, with the 50-point triple-double or whatever it was, double-double, shot 17 for 19 from the free-throw line. Uh, one of the most efficient players in the game right now. He's just been brilliant. Uh, hustles harder than anybody. His defense is amazing. Uh, his reaction closed on uh, the teams on defense. I mean, Giannis is the real deal to me. He looked like the best player at the end of last year. He was a force to be reckoned with. So you put Kevin Durant at number one. Is that what you do? You put Kevin Durant at one? 
who lost to Giannis in the playoffs last year. Uh, it's just very, very strange. Yes, it was close. You know, the toe on the line in the game seven. He was great. Yes, uh, then he you know was great at the Olympics. But really, the Olympics to me, the Olympics don't mean as much as the NBA Finals. I'm sorry. I know a lot more European players think you know that, and uh, athletes from the USA think that means more. But to me, that does. NBA championships are harder to win. And yes, Kevin Durant's won a couple. Two-time final MVP. But the question is, can he take this team to a championship? That's the case. He wasn't able to take the Thunder. So far, early in the Nets, he hasn't done it. Did it with Golden State, but then again, he had teammates of Steph, Clay, and Draymond in prime conditions. Uh, LeBron has taken the Lakers, the Cavs, the Heat to the finals. Uh, Kawhi has taken both the Spurs and the Raptors uh, to the finals. Giannis just did it by himself in Milwaukee by the team that drafted him. Uh, That's special. Yes, Kevin Durant, great mid-range shot, great three-point shot, great offensive player, elite. I can take it, uh, but to me, very polished offensive game, but he's not in the greatest conversation or most dominant. Uh, you have, to me, LeBron at the greatest point right now in the NBA and Giannis as most dominant player where he's just dominating really on both ends of the floor. And Kevin Durant does not give that to you on both ends of the floor. I'm very surprised that Kevin Durant is number one on this list. I don't agree with it at all. I'm very shocked, very surprised, uh, in disbelief. If I had to give a top five uh, on these players evaluating, it'd be Luca five, Steph four, KD three, and then a toss up between Giannis and uh, LeBron. I'd probably put LeBron at two and Giannis at one if we're just looking at last year only and then going into this year. But if we're looking at all-time accomplishments, of course, that all changes because Luca wouldn't even be on this list. I was surprised uh, he was on this list as well. Uh, this whole NBA rank was very surprising to me. Now, moving on, just touching on a, one more thing. It will be the MLB Top five. Who are my top five teams in baseball right now? I'll give them to you. Number five, the Boston Red Sox. Why? Well, they're hot right now. They're on a seven-game winning streak. They're playing good. Uh, To me, it was tough because you have the Brewers who are, you know, higher than them, but they're riding a five-game losing streak, uh, letting the Cardinals on this 12-game winning streak into the wild card. But Boston has played poised, and at a point where they kind of struggled, they've rebounded. And now look better as they have a pivotal series tonight against the Yankees starting up. But I think they'll be ready as, you know, they're holding the top wild card spot right now. Number four, the Houston Astros. Why? Well, they scored the most runs offensively. Uh, they are great hitting, you know, from a one to eight spot consistently, especially now with Alex Bregman back. 
His slashing line is fantastic. Hitting in the 300s. I mean, uh, this team, again, is poised for a run in October. Number three, the Tampa Bay Rays. Why? Well, their depth matches the Dodgers. Uh, they f- faced a tough AL East crowd this year. They're head and shoulders to me above the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and to me, they're the favorite to make it out of the AL uh, with Randy, with Wander Franco uh, coming back, and you know, with pitchers that they just throw in and they look great. Number two, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Why? Best run differential in baseball, least amount of runs allowed. They've won eight out of their past uh, ten games. Uh, this team is also ready uh, to make a run uh, again and repeat. And probably one of their pitchers, whether it be Walker Bueller or Julio Urias or uh, Max Scherzer, one of them will probably win the NL Cy Young this year. But number one to me is still the San Francisco Giants. Why? They're the best team. They maintain a one-game lead on the Dodgers, have a tiebreak over them. And another great stat is they have had 40 comeback wins so far. Every time it looks like the Dodgers are going to overtake them because uh, they win. At, you know, when uh, Giants are down, that's just not the case. They come back. They win. They're resilient. They're a team. And at the end of the day, they're actually a lot of fun to watch compared to previous Giants teams in the past. But the big series for the Yankees and Red Sox starts tonight, three-game set. Garrett Cole on the mound tonight at Fenway. Nicky Evaldi on the mound for the Red Sox. To me, this should be a pitching duel. Garrett Cole needs to prove his AL Cy Young favoriteness tonight at $324 million contract. Tonight, Aaron Boone has to manage the heck out of this series. The next one against the Blue Jays and the next one against the Rays. Or he's done and this team is done. And it all starts tonight. The playoffs for the Yankees start tonight. Red Sox big series is you don't want to give it up. Uh, your first wild card spot to the Yankees who are you know right behind you. Huge series right here at Fenway. It's going to be exciting. Again, I predict the Yankees to miss the playoffs. But... I would like to see the Yankees win the series and prove me wrong, even though I've been so right about them this year. So that's it, everybody. A lot of sports on this weekend, starting tonight. What are some of the matchups and highlights you're looking forward to in the NFL and college football this weekend? I'll talk to you guys soon. Hope you have a great weekend. Bye, everybody.